today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Feige has some words about the future of the MCU, and could it be that we have seen the last of the Avengers films? And you know what? Patrick Stewart shot their line his ass off. All that right after that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and on today's podcast, I have a very special guest with us from the Source Pages Podcast. We have Haley Hobbs. How you doing, Haley? I'm doing great, Matthew. How are you? I am really, really well. Really well. Good. Excited to talk about Marvel. Uh, Ash is out of town this week, and Jeff had a had a lot of things going on. So the bench player is here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just, it, it provided this wonderful opportunity for me to Absolutely. have a great excuse to reach out to our good friend Haley. So excited to have you on the show again. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and just talk all things Marvel. Sweet, sweet. Well, we got a few things to talk about. We got a few things, a few, few little, little news nuggets. Okay, and a quick note for those of you participating with our fantasy draft, the 2022 uh, MCU character fantasy draft. A few things. Uh, all the emails have gone out. All the free agents that didn't have a league have been grouped together. If you did not receive an email, please check your spam filter. And if you still don't receive an email uh, after you checked your spam filter, let us know via the FAQ form on the website. You can get to the fantasy site by going to strandedpanda.com slash draft. Just click on that button. It takes you to the fantasy site. Um, and if you don't want to play anymore, please let your league know so they can go on without you. We've just had a few people in league saying they're not able to reach the people in their league. And it's either because they're not checking their spam filters or they're just not answering the emails. So check your emails and get ready to do the draft. Really soon, we're going to have it set up so you can uh, put in all your information on the website and it'll auto-calculate all the scores and stuff. And that's exciting. So go uh, go check your emails. If you have not, check your spam filters. And if you still don't hear back, hit us up on the FAQ at the website. Kevin Feige, this was going around as the headline everywhere. Mm -hmm. The headline everywhere was Kevin Feige says that Avengers Endgame is the last Avengers movie. Did you see that going around? Yeah, I have. He did say that. He said, Marvel Studios and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is now past their 10th anniversary, and with the release of the final Avengers movie, uh, we've finally completed a 22-movie Infinity Saga. Which is true, but like the fact that... that. (laughs) Yes, but like the the word final there, it's like, it's not like he was like, I don't know. The word final there, I feel like, could be interpreted as the last one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The final Avengers well, movie. Like, I don't know. It could be interpreted as the final. That's the final time we're going to see those Avengers. You know, that, right. that's pretty vague and probably on purpose by him because he's a master communicator and he's yes. a master like at strategic thinking. And so I think that's just maybe trying to prepare audiences for closing that book. And like, that is the final chapter on those Avengers. I think that's true. And I also, they would be smart to play it for a little while without an official Avengers movie. They're clearly not done with crossover, big crossovers. Like, No Way Home and Now Multiverse of Madness are about as big a movie as you can get. Like, they're not, I mean, somehow they went from Endgame and they're ratcheting up the stakes. I can't even believe it, you know? Yeah, and I'm kind of with you. I've heard you say that you're a little worried about how big 
it's going to get. And I am too. Like, I need it. I don't mind these big movies. It's really fun. But is it going to come back a little more? I'd like to see that. Absolutely. And they've done that after other uh, Avengers movies. They've always kind of like retracted back, done a few smaller ones, and then gone with the big thing again. And we all expected that, especially after Endgame. It's like, we got to start the whole universe over, you know, re- retell some smaller stories to build to a big thing. And then we got No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness um, upcoming, <laughs> and I just don't even know, man. Part of that is, I think they are working, I've, I've said it before, but they're playing with house money. They've got oh, like yeah. so much success with the first 10 years that they can do crazy stuff now. and. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of that is just buying Fox. Like they were able to just buy Fox because, you know, they can do better with the X-Men than Fox can. And as we saw in the strange trailer, like X-Men are here, you know? Yeah. They also have the opportunity now with Disney plus like waterfall angel saying in the chat, we need 10 smaller movies before a team up at least, but they have that now with the Disney plus shows that platform is allowing them to tell smaller stories in a long format. And that's, probably part of why these movies have gotten so gigantic that's a great point i don't know that i i mean until multiverse of madness happens i don't know that we've seen the effect of that yet because mm-hmm. they haven't had any of those characters cross over but you make a great point that like the magic of having a connected universe like this is being able to build a character in a previous story and then just drop him into the water of the next movie and he's just fully built but they they've been doing that with characters in the smaller shows and like uh, john walker uh monica rambo uh, uh you know all the characters yeah. that we've met <laughs> yeah yeah they haven't shown up yet but that's how the marvel cinematic universe started like you drip, drip, dripped Captain America and mm-hmm. Thor and Tony Stark, and then boom, there was big team up. So yeah, we're doing more of it faster, and that's cool. It's very cool. I like you worry about the sustainability, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, man. Like they could for the next ten years bring in one X Men at a time, and I would be pretty excited about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like I called my shot when they bought Fox. I was like, man, it's going to be like a decade before they do X-Men. And clearly I was already wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well, well, the, the next story, we're going to talk about that. Are we wrong? I don't know. I mentioned in the top <laughs> that Patrick Stewart's out there lying his ass off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you talk about Kevin Feige being a strategic genius. Kevin Feige is also a very threatening force, apparently, because even Patrick <laughs> Stewart, who is like... You know, Feige can't do anything to Patrick Stewart. We're talking about Captain Picard and Professor X here, you know? Right. (laughs) Like, there's nothing he can do. His, like, legend is solidified. Patrick Stewart is also really cheeky, though, and I'm sure he's, like, fully enjoying getting to play the part of, I'm not doing that, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) He really is. He said in one interview... Yes, yes, many people are getting... Uh, that's a horrible Patrick Stewart. That wasn't an intended... Mine wasn't even... <laughs> I know. I know. A pat- it, mine wasn't even an accent, so it's okay. Mine! <laughs> I'm trying to challenge my, my best Captain Picard. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> Jeff, we need you. <laughs> uh, We're all at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, he said in one of his interviews, uh, I... Yes, many people have been practicing doing my voice over the years. Mm-hmm. As if that's a actor pretending to be uh, like Patrick Stewart. Like, no, it's not, sir. I know. That is absolutely you. 
Like, you're so full of it. <laughs> it's so funny. It almost makes it that much better. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Like, I'm, I don't, I, you know me. I love when Marvel lies to me. <laughs> I, I do. I do too. I'm all about it. Yeah. So, Patrick, lie to me. You can lie to me about everything. Two, <laughs> two of my favorite universes. I do two shows, two podcasts about two different universes that I love. And that's a Marvel and a Star Trek podcast. So, this is close to my heart. The dream is really coming true. Yeah. I <laughs> joked about this like five years ago when they were just talking about, when we were talking about like, what would they do after Endgame? I was like, you know, never know. In 10 years, they might bring in like DC characters. And we talked, we joked about like Star Trek crossovers and Star Wars crossovers, but like they're doing such crazy stuff with the multiverse. Like it would not shock me if it was Captain Picard. I mean, it would shock me if it was Captain Picard, but like if they did some craziness, like it would be so amazing. <laughs> like it turned around, he's in his little Star Trek outfit in like his captain's chair. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's why, that's why in the trailer, there's that empty space where the chair should be. They CGI'd out his yeah. actual Enterprise captain's chair. The Illuminati bridge is actually just the new Enterprise F or whatever. Uh-huh. <sighs> Sulu's back there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong generation, Haley. I need George to get in the MCU now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I love his voice. Oh, my. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, okay. Another thing that Feige said this week that uh, I, I'm sad that Ashley's not here to talk about this, but you can you can do, put, put up, pull it on your best Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> and no one can do that. <laughs> no, no. But uh, Feige is talking about the brutality of Moon Knight. And this is exciting for, I think, all of us that like the things like Defenders. Um, Feige was talking to Empire Magazine. He said, he's brutal. It's been fun to work with Disney Plus and see the boundaries shifting on what we're able to do. There are moments in the series when Moon Knight is wailing on another character and it is loud and brutal and the knee-jerk reaction is, we're going to pull back on this, right? The answer is no. <laughs> we're not pulling back. There's a tonal shift. This is a different thing. This is Moon Knight. I think that... Your conversation a few casts ago about where are they going to put the Marvel Netflix series, I think that's him starting to drop these breadcrumbs of this is how it's going to be, depending on the character mm -hmm. or the storyline, even on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I absolutely think you're right. I think that it's very likely we will get the Netflix shows, the Defenders series, back on Disney Plus, like shortly before or after Moon Knight drops. I still have never watched those, but I know enough. Really? About, I know it's sacrilege, but I know good. enough about them to know that I, I haven't watched them because of the brutality. See, I am I'm the yeah. opposite of Ash. I can't stand in for her. I could never. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already brought the Kingpin in, right, to Hawkeye. And so they're sort of just doing these little prep steps for us of getting us ready for that, even though it's going to be on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah for sure they're definitely preparing the way and like there was another quote i, did, I didn't include it because it was very a, a non-quote quote but charlie cox was talking about how he his his desire to return and do more and, he, and he, it was the first time we've gotten to hear him now that he's been in something he was like you know i'm pretty sure we're gonna be coming back I'm like yeah. he's like i don't know anything which is bullshit uh, he knows something. He's like, I don't know anything, but it's pretty likely we're coming back since, you know, they decided to bring us in. Like, mm -hmm. and, and he, like us, we, we know that the jig is up. Like, we know it's coming, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They revealed it. 
Uh, last thing that I had here in the news was that Brie Larson, uh, talking to Uproxx, I just thought this was an interesting quote to kind of discuss, talking about the Marvels. Mm-hmm. She says, I read the script for the first time. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was like, this is bonkers. Well, I think she just described phase four of the MCU. <laughs> I think she did too. And it like... <laughs> It makes me want to speculate about all the things that could mean. I mean, the the idea of turning it from Captain Marvel to the Marvels and including these three completely new characters that have been set up on Disney Plus shows. Like, that's Mm. crazy in itself. That's one crazy concept. Yeah. On top of that, you got the crazy concept of the multiverse seeping in to every corner of the MCU. So what does that mean? And on top of that, you have Secret Invasion on its way. So you're going to have all these scrolls. So like... Maybe she's reading it and there's just crazy twists and turns because who's a scroll, who's not, you know? Mm-hmm. That's three completely different areas where this show could, like, push into that she could be talking about as bonkers, you know? She could also be, have, like, she could have read it and been like, I have no idea what's going on. That's how <laughs> bonkers it is. Like, we know that other actors and actresses in these movies have said that after they've read the scripts and they're like we don't know what's happening we just did it <laughs> well sometimes they even don't give them just like fake scripts well yeah there's that too. <laughs> like, they literally don't know what's happening so like yeah who knows what it's in those fake scripts you know <laughs> yeah man i i'm excited like i'm really excited for captain marvel too or miss the marvels i am too she is getting ripped for that role oh this yeah time around Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I've been seeing some of her workout videos. It's crazy. That's bonkers. <laughs> that's, that's what she was talking about. <laughs> that probably is what she was talking she about. She steps out of the ship with rippling yeah. muscles, and she was like, that's bonkers. <laughs> and then she went and did it. She looks great. I'm going to check out the... See, it sounds weird when I say I'm going to have to go check out those workout videos. It sounds weird, right? When I say it. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive, if nothing else. How about that? <laughs> that's all I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I got you. <laughs> Oh man, I'm 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 pretty pumped about so golly so much All going on, so much <laughs> going on in the MCU, and we're, our, our next episode is going to be focused on Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, and there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about about that, but we'll save that for that next episode. Um, but let's go ahead and get into some feedback from Indeed. folks out there in the world. Our first one comes from Gurjo Matharu on Gmail. Hey guys, it's Gurjo here. I've been a long-time listener and love the content you guys have been putting out. So this one is kind of random, but basically, I work in a cinema, and I was as I was serving popcorn today and having a chat with the customer, he told me that he was a cameraman who does a lot of work with companies like Netflix and Marvel, and he had just finished up some shoots for Quantumania. Naturally, I was gobsmacked and asked if he could tell me anything, but he could not tell me much, although he was disappointed telling me that neither the actors or directors seemed like they had much passion filming this movie. He said it was almost as if it was a task for them that they didn't really want to do. Regardless, he also told me that they've put in some awesome twists and that we will be very surprised at the ending of it. Take from this what you will. Okay, that's it for now, because I'm currently typing this at work during a quiet period. Love y'all, and thanks for the content. Ooh. Gerjo, that is... Uh, gobsmacked us (laughs) yeah that gobsmacks me like the fact that they don't they're not having fun sounds awful I hope he's lying (laughs) yeah you know who knows with like I don't know what what he said he works on the on the set it's a cameraman so like yeah sometimes sometimes these actors and directors 
their attitudes don't filter down well to the people that are lower on the call sheet or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're there at like the 5 a.m. shoot or the 3 a.m. shoot, you might be getting the less happy version of somebody. Absolutely. And you just also, you just never know. Like they, some of them just can't, don't have the brain space to be all in for, you know, every yeah. person they meet. But I, I hope that doesn't bode poorly for the movie. I do too. After Multiverse of Madness, that's probably the most thing I'm most excited for, Quantumania. Well, and I think it's probably under a lot of pressure. The Ant-Man films are, you know, they're kind of lower middle of the pack in terms of popularity, I, I would say. I'm sure there's lots of people who they're their favorites, but as the general populace, you know. Yeah. They're not they're not the top tier. So it probably feels like there's a lot of pressure and, you know, then they have all these bonkers things going on that maybe they just don't feel like they understand the movie. Could be that. I, I would understand that from, especially if they're trying to be really secretive on a set like that, I could see how mm -hmm. it could get really hard to be passionate because like, I mean, think about Loki, you know, and this is the show that I feel like is going to be most connected to Loki because it's the, the show we know or the movie that we know has uh, Kang in it. And so, like, think about Loki, like, all the crazy stuff going on, the crazy sets, the crazy digital stuff that you don't even know what's happening, and the, the things you're talking about, the timelines, and the this. It seems like if you were a, like, almost anyone except for the main couple people on the set, like, you might just not know what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It might be yeah. really hard to feel your character if you don't have, like, you know, the full scope of what's happening. And totally. this is quantum mania. Yeah, so I've I've been joking for a while about, and I I was gonna save this to talk about next time, but I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it. Uh, <laughs> something we missed on the Doctor Strange trailer, um, oh. and I was so sad we missed it because I was someone wrote it into us almost immediately that we'd missed it. Uh, oh man, I wish I'd saved his name. I'm so sorry. Write in and I'll give you credit next week. Um, <laughs> but uh, in the Doctor Strange trailer, we missed. Um, there's an animated frame. Have you seen that? Um, I could barely tell what was going on in that trailer <laughs> when I watched it at half speed. So I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> well, it's literally only there for three frames, like because okay. that's why we missed it. We were watching it in in like we were watching it in like point two speed and and freeze and pausing it a lot, and we missed it right when they're bursting through the to see the dinosaurs. If you look mm -hmm. at the portal that they're coming f out of, the world they're leaving is animated. That's amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Um, but one thing I j I've been joking about for a long time is like in Quant Quantum Mania would be the perfect place to have like a connection to something like Spider-Ham or even just the, yeah. the broader Marvel animated universe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because if you're going to go crazy, why wouldn't it be in Quantumania? Exactly. I mean, and the tone of those movies, like Paul Rudd, Ant-Man being animated and running around with Spider-Ham, just like... Oh my gosh, yes. It, it absolutely fits. Having like John Mulaney as, as Spider-Ham running around talking yeah. to an animated Paul Rudd would be just like... The best. <laughs> French kiss. Mwah. Uh, Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, BVK. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, so I, so, so seeing that they're already doing it in 
Multiverse of Madness. Like they're doing to do something mm-hmm. animated. That is really exciting to me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As much as like I am, I'm like Ashley in this. Like I don't, I'm not as much of the animated person. I don't watch that much animated stuff. The idea of like having crossover between the animated and the live action side just seems super exciting. Yeah, well, it's going to be different, and mm-hmm. we're all about that. And they need to shake it up a little bit, so might as well. What shakes it up more than like some Roger Rabbit style action? Exactly. <laughs> classic. <laughs> so classic. Have you seen the uh, trailer for the new Chip and Dale's movie? No. <laughs> I know it sounds uh, sounds silly, but I'm pretty excited about it. Again, it's John Mulaney, actually. Now that I think of it. He's so good. As John Mulaney plays one of them and Andy Samberg plays the other one. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. And it's them playing their actors who played Chip and Dale in the Rescue Rangers movies. Uh-huh. And I don't I don't really know the it's like like it's kind of like a I don't know, it's like behind the it's like 20 years later or whatever and they're trying to become famous again and one of them is like a Hollywood type and one of them has like quit and become an accountant or something. Um, and it's like <laughs> that sounds great. It looks really fun. It looks really That's fun. Cute. Um and it actually Roger Rabbit is in the trailer. Like so I guess oh. it's kind of it, it is filmed in that same way. Like they're animated mm. characters walk around Hollywood and Roger Rabbit is like on the dance floor in the trailer. I was like Yes, it's like a crossover. That makes me happy. Me too. Aww, it's a crossover. The Roger Rabbit verse. Yes. Roger <laughs> Rabbit cinematic universe is happening. I am here for that. I am too. I love that movie so much. Me too. It's so, so weird and like singular and a thing that happened. I don't know. It's one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters. Oh, really? Wow. I remember watching it on VHS a lot. Wow. I went to a double feature in a drive-in theater. To see that and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's awesome. <laughs> what a great freaking summer for movies. No kidding. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, actually don't know even know if they came out the same year. Like, so a lot of times the drive-in would do these double features where one movie would be a year too old and one movie would be new. Yeah. So I don't really know, but. I can't remember what year those came out. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> or knowing my dad, both movies were a couple years old because that's the kind of movies he would take. Whatever the cheap night was, that's when we were going. Yeah. Totally. I get it. <laughs> and it's like by the car. So we'd pay like six bucks for us all to watch a movie. There were like uh, 13 of you in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he was a pastor. So he would bring like uh, as many kids from the church and us and everyone that he could and like pack them in the back of a like little station wagon or whatever. Yeah. Put some people in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Craig Fletcher says. Dear Matt, Jeff, Ashley, Melissa, Jay Scotty, and Matt. Sorry, I didn't want to leave anyone out. Good job, Craig. So rude. Just kidding. <laughs> he tried so hard. I discovered y'all mid-2020 and have been speculating along with you since then. Thank you so much for doing this show and allowing me to geek out on my wife even more to where she either rolls her eyes or says, hmm. <laughs> anyway, first off, I wanted to bring to Matt Carroll's attention, even though I agree with you on having Adam McKay helm an MCU film on his own. I just wanted to point out he did rewrites along with Paul Rudd on the first Ant-Man movie. Huh. Second, I think a great director for the MCU, although he's hated for making female-centric movies, is Paul Feig. Maybe a movie or a Disney Plus miniseries about Linda Cardellini's Agent 19 or even an A-Force film. It would be action-packed and funny. He's proved himself in the action-comedy genre with Spy and The Heat. 
He also, Scrubs creator Bill Lawrence is another one of my contenders for the MCU. I don't know what would be a good fit for him, but I would love for him to be a part of some obscure character. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Keep on keeping on. I can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Love you 3001. Craig. Hmm. I know Paul Feig is from directing a lot of episodes of The Office. Yeah, like, I know his name more than I know him. Weirdly, I know him from his appearances on that Joel McHale show. The Soup? Well, it's like the I loved the, the soup. Netflix version of the soup. Have you seen the Netflix version? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's like the soup, but he did it on Netflix, and it's about streaming stuff, and it's kind of like it's like the soup, okay. but for Netflix, and it's great. Gotcha. It's really good. But Paul Feig appears on there weirdly as this just like eccentric character playing himself, Paul Feig, as an eccentric character running around doing weird stuff on the set all the time. That's um, <laughs> really strange. That's my main experience with Paul Feig. Except I'm looking at his uh, IMDb, and yeah, like uh, Spy. I remember that movie coming out. I didn't see it. And The Heat, same thing. I, That's Melissa McCarthy both times, right? Yeah. Is that so? He's hated for making female centric movies. I don't know that he's. I mean, I'm sure some people hate anyone who'd make a female centric movie because the world is terrible. How dare they? <laughs> Women. Ugh. Yeah. I just don't. I'm not a big Melissa McCarthy fan. I like Melissa McCarthy from Gilmore Girls, like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> off, <laughs> off camera. <laughs> That's right. We were. <laughs> um, but I haven't seen her a lot of her new stuff. So I don't know. But it's kind of broad comedy, which is not my ex exact uh, uh, mm -hmm. thing. But looking at some of his other stuff, he did apparently some. Uh, he was a producer on Freaks and Geeks and. Mm. Um, which I which I do love. Um, just like kind of scan through. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in his IMDb. <laughs> the Joel McHale Show with Joel McHale is what the name oh, of that uh, <laughs> that thing on Netflix. But I I'd be interested to see what they could do with him. It, it's a yeah. different tone. His his stuff's a little more absurdist. I feel like than Marvel is. Sure. And yet, I mean, doing a show like The Office, which was like very small and really focused on being real quote-unquote he did a good job with all of those episodes so i don't know yeah i i agree i agree those are great and uh i did not know that adam mckay had done rewrites that's cool oh and the scrubs the creator of scrubs i like scrubs a lot i don't know it's, in, it's interesting i, I like craig, craig has a very like comedy take he wants he seems yeah. like he wants more comedy in the uh in the MCU, all those are things that have like comedy or action or comedy and drama with Scrubs. The comedy drama with Scrubs, I could see working really well. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job with having people come in like they did with Adam McKay, apparently with Ant-Man. And they've mm -hmm. done with uh, Dan Harmon, who's the writer of Community. Um, right. Coming back to Joel McHale again. Joel McHale, get in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. We need you. He's pretty ripped. Joel McHale would, could probably fit in the MCU pretty well. I, I would watch. <laughs> you know, I wonder, though, people really didn't seem to love Taika Waititi's take on comedy in the MCU. And so I wonder if that level of comedy, I personally didn't feel that way. I really love Ragnarok, but I wonder if that would be... Maybe too far out of the scope, kind of like you're saying. Hmm. It's interesting because, like, what I was going to say is that, like, it feels like they've done a really good job with having comedy writers. Uh, Doctor Strange had um, Dan Harmon come in and do a pass to, like, add in some comedy. 
and and, and apparently Adam McKay and Paul Rudd on Ant Man. Like it, it seems like they've done a good job with having a, a, a different director set the tone as the director, but then having some comedy writers sort of punch it up and make it a little funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you're. I love Ragnarok. I absolutely love it. It is so funny. But I've said it before, and I just certain scenes in it are not as they're resonant. Not quite hit. Yeah. yeah, they're not as they're not emotionally resonant like they should be. Yeah, and so steering into a comedy director, sometimes you lose the like pathos that some of the characters should have. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Time will tell. I, it's weird though because Tyke has done other things, and I really like. Um, Jojo Rabbit uh, is, mm-hmm. is has some really really emotional scenes in it, but that I mean that that story is you can't really do that and not hit the emotional beats. Right. <laughs> I always like to defend Ragnarok as being like a palate cleanser because then Infinity War came next. Right. Hundred <laughs> percent. I I think that Ragnarok is perfect for what it is. Right. But I just kind of wish they hadn't killed so many characters in it. Because those characters deserve better deaths. Mm, yeah, I hear you. There's other movies that are really funny, and character deaths still get a lot of weight. I've had this conversation a hundred times, but like the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 versus Thor Ragnarok. And there's a clear, like, mm-hmm. they both push comedy way further in the MCU than anything else does. And peop- and a lot of people don't like it because they're both comedic. They're too comedic. But my, my defense is always, like, Ragnarok is too comedic. I don't think there's anything such as too comedic. Like, I don't think there's, that's a thing you can be as funny as you want to be as long as you can hold on to the, the uh, emotional resonance and mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy two does it. There's a, there's a few scenes in that that make me cry, particularly. I, know, Yondu. That's why I don't like watching that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Yondu and rocket, man. They, they oh get gosh. me in that one. <laughs> Balling at the end. <laughs> yeah. That, that ravager funeral. It's like one of the mm-hmm. most emotional scenes in the MCU. I will say based on what I've been reading in comics, now that I do that, <laughs> there is a chance that we could see some of the Warriors 3 come back in some way Okay. in the future. Sweet. I'm not saying that makes it okay what happened to them. Right. But it's a possibility. The Warriors 3 were important deaths, I feel like, because they've been there since the beginning. I mean, they stand with Thor against the Destroyer in the first right. movie. And then they they die, and like Thor has still yet to mention it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even now. It's like, ah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but the one that really gets me is Odin. And it's not that, that his death is beautiful, but like it doesn't hit me. And for whatever reason, I just don't know that Taika has the, has the ability to pivot like some directors do. Mm-hmm. We will find out in July. Yeah. Of course, I haven't watched that movie since my dad passed. Like now that I've, my dad's passed, maybe it would like hit me totally differently. It might. I, I think that Odin's death is poignant, but it does just kind of go like, and now hell is here. So it's, I get yeah. the pacing sometimes was not perfect. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe there's just like not long enough of a moment for despair after his death yeah. or a moment for grieving, I guess I should say. Adam Busby on Gmail says, hey, Ash, Matt, and Jeff, it's my first time writing in. I've been listening to the pod since Endgame, which was when it finally twigged for me. Hey, there are probably podcasts out there with people talking about everything there is to do with the MCU. (laughs) Me too, Adam. Me too. Thus, I discovered you guys. 
Thank you for all the work that goes into making the great content we all look forward to listening to. Keep it up. I've had a few things I've thought about writing in, but I'll just stick with this one at the moment to keep it as brief as possible. I've just been watching Age of Ultron for the gazillionth time, Mm -hmm. and something only just twigged. I like that term twigged. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I haven't either. Thanks, Adam. (laughs) I'm going to try to use twigged. (laughs) <laughs> when all is looking pretty glum for the Avengers, making it safely off of Sokovium Leviosa, <laughs> levitating Sokovia, <laughs> and before Fury turns up to take credit for all of my man Coulson's hard work, there's a point when looking out beyond the edge of Sokovia, floating above the clouds, talking options with Cap, and realizing they're probably going to die, that Nat says, there are worse ways to go, where else am I going to get view like that? Vormir! True. Damn, Adam. <laughs> Do you reckon that's some subtle long game foreshadowing and they knew they were going to kill Nat the way they did four to five years before they actually did? Or is it just a fantastic coincidence? I don't know that they planned it when they did that scene, but I'm, I'm help me out. You might remember better than I do. Doesn't she say what of you or Clint says what of you when they're on Voromir? I don't remember. I think they're like sitting there deciding. I think they do say something about And they talk the about the view. I, yeah. <sighs> Melissa, are you in the chat? Melissa, <laughs> we need you. I'm a failure. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're failures. <laughs> <laughs> We're a collective failure in good company. It may be that the view line is when they're in the ship talking about space. But still, that's her on her way to her death. And she's like, right. earlier in you know earlier in the MCU, she says, where am I going to get a view like this? And then they go to space. And she's like, yeah. what a... I, I could have sworn there's a line in there about what, like, what a view. I think they do. Because in the spaceship, Clint does say, oh, we're a long way from Budapest. And she just smiles at him, I think. And so yeah. there's that for sure line. But yeah, I, I mean, what a... First of all, real bleak take. Thanks, Adam. Break my heart all over <laughs> <laughs> But it's been interesting to learn recently kind of how their creative process is. They really don't map things out in an ultra detailed way. They have like these milestones they want to hit with each movie or TV show. But it sounds like people get pretty creative license for their media. Like their individual films. But that's why I say like, I don't know that they're planning it ahead of time. But what I do think is that. If they have a line, if if that line that I'm phantom remembering is real, if there's some line like that, I bet that is a callback to that. And even even right. if it's not, like them sitting on, I remember they're sitting on Voromir, like like it cuts away and then it comes back to them, and they're just kind of sitting up there together. Well, yeah, just, it's after they've talked to Red Skull. And yeah, they're just kind of like trying to decide what to do. Well, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's a great. It's a great moment, but I, I want to say they talk about the view and like it is a killer view. Um, oh, e- either way, boo. oh, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Do not like. <laughs> you loved it, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great call, Adam. Like a really great call. Yeah. I love it, and uh, and thanks for writing in, Adam. It's uh, it's saying your, it's your first time writing in. Thanks for finding us, and thanks for listening. Uh, it means the world to us to have people out there who care about the show. Really, really and does. thanks for introducing us to the term twigged. <laughs> yes. I'm so twigged about it. Don't know what twigged means, though. I so. don't either. We're probably not using it right. But I'm twigged to find out more about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm twigged. Let's get out of here uh, for this episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back very, very soon with an episode talking about Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. 
uh, because we got a lot of feedback about that and lots of theories and interesting things to talk about when it comes to that new trailers and TV spots that everybody's seeing. So join us next time, won't you, True Believers? Peace. Love you, 300. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.